hello, and welcome to the Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joshua Braff, and I'm here with my partner, farmer Adam Teitelbaum. We are here today to talk to Alex Soria, who is a graduate of Oaksterdam University. If you don't know, Oaksterdam University is recognized as America's first cannabis college. It's in Oakland, California. The educational facility and political institution was founded in November of 07 by medical marijuana activist Richard Lee to offer quality training for the cannabis industry with a mission to legitimize the business and work to change the law to make cannabis legal. The curriculum reaches all aspects of the medical marijuana industry, from horticulture to legal issues, politics, history, civics, economics, uh, topical applications, and of course, business and into cooking. Alex, we would love to hear your story about how you came to find Oaksterdam. And we know you live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, and that you're there now, but you must have decided at one point, I'm going to go west and I'm going to go to this unusual university and study something that was of interest to you. Let's hear your story. You know, it was just a typical teenager in Pittsburgh growing up, trying to hang out, fit in, into alcohol and partying with my friends. And we would experiment with cannabis on occasions. And um, a few of us really got into it, started looking more into it. And that's how we came across Oaksterdam University, you know, through social media and, um, you know, high times, just different sources that we could reach out to. And um, it must have been my junior year. I am um, currently working towards my geology degree at the University of Pittsburgh. But my junior year, I, I just had enough enough of the snow, you know, the brutal, cold, the rigorous curriculum at the University of Pittsburgh. So I decided to pack my bags and uh, move out, live in San Francisco for a few months, head on over the Bay Bridge to the uh, Oaksterdam University. The classes started in September. I attended the uh, classes in the fall of 2015, and it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I would do a little more things different, but I, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything else. I would uh, definitely go back to Oaksterdam again if I had to redo it. How long is the program at Oaksterdam University? The program usually lasts around three months. Our semester started around September 1st, and it usually it, it got out December 11th. So it was like and three three months and some change. After that three months, are they claiming that you'll be ready to work in the industry? Yes. They give you all the necessary tools you need to know how to do um, different parts of the industry. As soon as you get your certificate, you're able to go out into the work field and uh, you know actually start applying the trade things of that nature. Closer to the end of the semester, they held job fairs. They had a lot of volunteer basises, internships. They offered internships at Oaksterdam itself because they do grow for uh, patients at the uh, school itself, actually. So there was a multitude of different ways we could have went as far as finding a job after the semester was over or volunteering or um, growing your knowledge in a given area of this field of uh, study. So are, are you working in the industry now, Alex? No, I am currently not. I am back in Pittsburgh um, just due to the oh. high rent prices in San Francisco. I'm currently waiting for the uh, medical cannabis to come to Pennsylvania. Governor Tom Wolf signed the bill into action on April 17, 2016, and it should be implemented in early 2018. I'm here in talks in February, but um, it has not been figured out yet. The uh, the state said it's it's in the health department's court right now as far as like uh, setting up the infrastructure and guidelines and things of that nature. We're getting ready to rock and roll over here pretty soon. It should be a lot better than what we've seen for the past 70, 80 years in terms so, of uh, cannabis in Pennsylvania. So you basically went out west, learned some of the cannabis trade for a few months at Oaksterdam University, which has really been around for quite a while. 
were you able to at some point after that apply any of what you you yeah. learned in, there? You did. Yeah, I actually did start out as a volunteer for uh, the Medicone group called Medicone. They do deliveries. It's not a dispensary. But, um, yes, they deliver in the East Bay area, particularly Oakland. They had a shop right off of Telegraph Street in Oakland. It was a great experience, and they actually started to pay me because at first it was just volunteer. Um, it was basically like preparing pre-rolls for the patient, dosages, making sure everything's properly labeled, things of that nature. Just help with the uh, office if there was, like, anything else they could need. Just with the experience I learned from Oakland, it, it teaches you to be very versatile in this field that you can step into this position or step into that position, basically make the job easier on your boss and everyone else in the industry so that everything smoothly sails, as they like to say. Would you compare the classes at the university to be similar to the university that you were at in Pittsburgh? Is it a similar classroom setting with a professor at the head, or were you on your feet a lot? Yeah, it's very similar. At the University of Pittsburgh, you know, they would have guys come in from the National Resource Program since I worked in geology. So, you know, you'd have guys come in from like range resources or console energy and give a lecture and things. Every week, um, every class was held like Tuesday or Wednesday at Amsterdam, given if you were in horticulture or the civic semester, because they offer differentiations of classes, but I took all of them at once. They brought someone new in every week. They brought in lawyers, people who dealt with cooking, just just a lot of different people, people who worked at Normal. Paul Armentano, the deputy director of Normal, talked to us. That guy's speech, uh, he's a very invigorating orator. It's gentlemen like that that bring light to the subject that makes me want to join the fight and keep talking about this and trying to educate politicians and Anyone else who can, even physicians, the tide has turned and a lot more people are coming to this industry. So I think Oaksterdam's a great place to start for anyone that's um, looking to get into the business. You know, it's expensive, but if you do it right, it can be very beneficial to you. It sounds as if you surround yourself also in an environment of politics and education. And you said Jerry Brown came. So it's very different than in a university that might pop up in a zip code that doesn't recognize cannabis as medicine. And it's also impressive that Oaksterdam was not closed down since 07 because it's in that range that things got pretty ugly before they started to get better. Yeah. And so the school sits there and is supported so beautifully by the community all the way up uh, to the government. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, thought. You had said when we were talking earlier that you came to cannabis kind of early and you were doing some drinking like a lot of people do, and then they discover that, hey, this thing is helping me concentrate. You had said something like that. Can you speak to that, that it was cannabis that allowed you to study more easily? So I'm um, just like a little more background with uh, all that alcohol talk. I was just freshly out of high school and I had my own vehicle and, uh, you know, I'd like to party with my friends, chase the girls, all that stuff. I was actually in a series of very serious accidents. I accumulated four concussions in a span of about 10 months. So it was a pretty scary moment. One of the wrecks, I'm, I'm so lucky to be alive and my friends are alive. As soon as that happened, I found that cannabis was really feasible solution to bring me back to normal. And when I did, I mean, it completely turned my life around. I started getting 4.0s at school. I was not a studious child in high school. As soon as I turned to cannabis and I stopped drinking and wrecking cars, my life really turned around. I was able to go to wonderful places like the University of Pittsburgh take tours of the campus at Berkeley, come out to California and try to, you know, just better myself as a person. And now I'm looking to help the quality of lives of uh, 
my fellow citizens of this uh, great nation. <laughs> that sounds really terrific. And your story is similar to many in that you could find yourself in a much better place, just like people talk about food and, and thinking about what you're going to put in your body, but by distancing yourself from the things all American teens seem to dabble in, like alcohol and whatever's coming down the pike for that zeitgeist, and then you find yourself with this ancient herb that's doing anything but ruining your gumption or your drive. You're saying, hey, I can see myself in this role all the way to say, I'm going to go study at Oaksterdam University. So I think your story is one that's interesting to a lot of people. And people out there, should, even if you're in a zip code that's not addressing or ready to address cannabis as medicine, there are so many jobs and so many people in this industry that feel a certain camaraderie to the notion that we've come on to something much, much better for ourselves as far as both rec and med. Alex, um, do you see yourself coming back to Oakland at all, or are you going to work in Pennsylvania all the way to getting legalization there? I'm going to see Pennsylvania through. Um, there is some things in the law that was passed in 2016 that I personally do not like, and I know many others. Like, like no smokables? Like. Yeah, yeah, no flowers. You can't grow things of that nature. So there's definitely still work that needs to be done in Pennsylvania, but just getting your foot in the door is the main point of uh, starting and everything like that. So, I mean, that, that's another thing too, goes back to Amsterdam is that they teach you and they give you so many different resources and everyone's giving a helping hand, but they actually help you if you want to write your local representatives, your state representatives, even the governor, or I mean, even the president, if you wanted to, they'll help you formulate a paper that's eloquent and that can actually educate because that, that that's the goal here is we're trying to educate people. We're, we're not in competition. We're, we're not going to sit here and say that we're better or this and that for, you know, enjoying an ancient plant, like you said. We're, we're just here for everyone around us. The world's an ugly place. We should do our best to make it more feasible and more enjoyable for everyone here. No, we are definitely in an agreement. So, Alex, what is it that you're hoping to do in the industry in, in Pennsylvania? Are you looking to work on the business side, on the growth side. On the... I would like to start growing. I would love to be a master grower one day and own my own setup and everything like that. But yeah, I would like to work with genetics. It's funny because that's actually how I reached out to Joshua is that I had questions about, you know, tinctures and certain strains for uh, certain illnesses. But yeah, I would like to work with genetics just so that I can help people with certain illnesses that maybe it's not you know, it's not out there or publicly known because just given how scientific research has been lacking in this industry, um, I, I would like to be on the forefront as far as finding new remedies and medicines for people of all different types of illnesses and backgrounds. We are so grateful to you, Alex Soria, for coming on and giving us time and talking about this amazing place, Oaksterdam University. It's great to have insight into what it's like in there, and it sounds like a very special place and will continue to be as this wonderful tide in cannabis as medicine and the awareness of the real truths behind cannabis uh, come to light. Thank you so much, Alex. We'll be right back on The Cannabis Corner. Dixie, the future of cannabis. At Dixie, we believe that cannabis is powerful, that quality is important, and that accurate dosing is everything. We handcraft every product with pure extracted THC. We offer elixirs, chocolates, topicals, dewdrops, mints, capsules, and more. Since 2010, we've been leading the industry through research, education, and advocacy. At Dixie, we're a lot more than producers of THC-infused products. We are the future of cannabis. Dixie. Dixie. 
And now more with our interview with Marine Ryan Miller, who heads up a veteran support group at the Apothecarium in San Francisco, California. He is also the co-founder of Operation EVAC, educating veterans about cannabis. And also Scotty, a Marine from Fort Collins, Colorado, who used cannabis to great success when traditional pharmaceuticals failed him. Ryan, tell us a little bit about the Apothecarium and your connection with Operation EVAC. Are they overlapping or is it two different systems? Thank you for asking. The Apothecarium is my client in the Castro. They just opened up another dispensary in the Marina last night. The Apothecarium EVAC group is particularly special to me because it's in the historic Castro district. So these are my primarily LGBTQIA troopers that endured the McCarthyism of Don't Ask, Don't Tell and all the investigations and uh, the stress and, and trauma sexual assaults also. Um, So I'm particularly grateful to serve that community. Thank you for that. That's so important. I took a look. I read about you a little bit on the website, and the approach seems to be one that's from the inside out and an understanding of how meditation and yoga and inner calm is a brilliant combination for a human being to take on. Perhaps generationally, the soldier in the trenches wasn't a guy who was ready for the word yoga or Pilates or quinoa. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's an exciting time in the evolution of, of understanding what humans need uh, in their lives as they age. And we are an anxious society. Uh, Sarah Payan was saying she's seen it rise. I'd like to say to that, and all the Marines that serve, it wasn't a fact. Just take the sleep with us every night when you lay your head on the pillow. Know that you were trained and you were ready. And if the shit hit the fan, you would have gone. It wasn't your choice. Yes, sir. That's all I want to say to you about that. Thank you, sir. Now, not being your choice, Ryan, what, what do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. Well, for me, I was data communications in the Marines, high-tech comm, setting up emails and servers and secure internet. And I got out in 2002, and I was going to be a dot-com warrior. And I left the service to pursue material success. And then Pat Tillman died, the former Arizona Cardinal that was killed in Afghanistan as an Army Ranger. His experience where you know he had material success, and he sacrificed that to serve, that experience really resonated with me. And the whole pursuit of material success and Uh, you know, climb the ladder of capitalism didn't necessarily appeal to me anymore. Pat Tillman's story seemed to have a great impact on many people, soldiers and not, because I think the sacrifice was so tangible in that he was in the NFL, right? Yes, sir. And his story also tapped into the government of the time. George W. Bush was uh, utilizing Pat's name in the name of heroes. And I think there was some um, backlash on that. Is that true? Absolutely. So when we talk about PTSD, tell me, Ryan, about someone you know who's suffering from PTSD, who is a veteran, and what you see since you have a relationship with that person. Do you think that person's having any relief from merely CBD, a non-euphoric form of the plant? That's a really good question. I do have a trooper I'd like to mention. For his privacy, we're going to call him Ralph. Ralph is from Tennessee, and Ralph is an Army veteran, Motor T., And he left Tennessee. He left his community. He left his family. He left his network to come to California to heal. And the healing approach that contrasted significantly from the VAs essentially transformed him. 
Ralph is not on any pharmaceuticals anymore. He's not on any street drugs anymore. And he's transformed with the use of cannabis. CBD is getting a lot of press. I think it's an excellent substance, providing a lot of relief. It's a great anti-inflammatory. And uh, we're also learning that THC and CBD work synergistically. Uh, you're only going to benefit from one so much without the presence of the other. I've heard there was a study in Canada, actually, uh, where they found that high THC was the best for acute PTSD symptoms. So CBD is excellent. THC is great. And I'm a big fan of the whole plant. You know, the Western approach to medicine is a single chain molecule. And it's not the holistic intention of what care is as far as this plant goes. Yeah, the whole plant needs to be considered. And then there's all these facets to what might work for an individual from children to the elderly to soldiers to housewives who may be trying to get off oxy, which seems to be pretty prevalent. Scotty, um, I have a question for you. Do you have friends who are also veterans who are in a community that you can discuss cannabis as medicine with? Um, no, you know, I really don't. I thought about maybe reaching out online, but I just, between just being a grandpa and raising a puppy and everything, my life seems to be pretty busy. So, um, yeah, no, I, I guess not. Uh, oh, okay. It's not a negative. It was just a matter of how you might be learning about others like yourself. And we seem to have a sense that there are easier avenues for all sorts of people to now get information. Ryan, I'd love to know how people can reach you. And it feels as though you're, you're open to discuss anything with any veteran. Um, your sensitivity is so obvious. Can you tell us how, to, how one might reach you? Thank you. Please contact me. My email is ryan at opevac.org. That's Oscar Papa Echo Victor Alpha Charlie.org. And yes, uh, my phone number is also 510-415-2593. And I'm available and I'm excited to talk to any veteran, uh, any civilian that's interested uh, in cannabis and learning about cannabis to heal and grow. I'm available perpetually. So thank you. Ryan Miller and Scotty are Marines, and we are so grateful for you to come in here and talk to us and allow other veterans to hear that there is an easy road to lifting this stigma so that you can find some relief in a whole variety of ways. So the idea is harmony in your life and uh, inner calm, and we appreciate your sacrifice and We'll never understand some of the true grit that you guys have been through. But that's the way it goes in the world. You know, a lot of people seem to think they know what it's about. You know, that, that phrase, you think you know, but you have no idea. That's important for lots of people to be able to say, well, this is my truth. Um, Adam, do you have any other thoughts before we go? Yeah, I do. I was wondering, um, Scotty, are you using cannabis to treat one ailment, numerous ailments? I'm wondering where you're finding success with it. Mostly, probably, I don't know what percentage is, but I'm training for pain, anxiety, and lymphoma. Um, I'm presently um, giving the Lord credit first in CBD, making my own Phoenix Tears, Rick Simpson oil. Um, now, for two years of the last letter said that the, my less than one inch tumor in my right lung has not grown in two years. So we've shrank it and we've stabilized it without. Any, they, the VA has wanted to radiate and uh, chemo, excuse me, radiation and chemo, 
And I asked, well, I said, I, since it's not growing, I want to continue on my holistic approach. And my, my main doctor at the VA said, okay, we're on board with that. Amen. That is, uh, that's great news. Yes. Yeah. It's very good news. And I'm thinking, I mean, there's no way for me to quantify it, but I know this is just the beginning. The problem is, is, as you guys probably know, is, is money. You always follow the money. And, and with Big Pharma and their lobbyists and the people that stand up against the reform of marijuana laws and cannabis, those are the people who just look at the money. And it's always either the alcohol industry or Big Pharmaceutical. So that's what we're up against. But we are making waves. Canada just went wrecked. Mexico just went wrecked. California just went wrecked. So goes as California goes, so goes the nation. And so I think the, the genie's out of the bottle with, what, 29 states and eight, eight wrecks. So, yeah, I've seen, you know, from 1976, or excuse me, 1977, I think, was really time I ever smoked some really good. So back then, it was Led Zeppelin concerts, and uh, you know, we've come a long way from there. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing that kind of awakened this musical spirituality in me. You saw Led Zeppelin in 77? Yeah, in Seattle. Oh, lucky you. That must have been amazing. Yeah, about 40, left the center, about 40 rows back, and got to see Jimmy Page bring out the cello bow across the double two-neck guitar. It was pretty amazing. So, very interesting. So, while you don't speak with other veterans about your cannabis use, you know, obviously, your family is supportive, et cetera, right? Exactly. They're very supportive. And I happen to have, be blessed to have a couple of kids in the industry um, at one of the best dispensaries in Fort Collins. So I'm very blessed to have all that support. Everybody's walk through cancer is different. And I can't say my way is the best way. And it is a whole holistic way. You just can't say, well, it's not just cannabis, but it's, it's, it's my water, which I, I, you know, I change my water to a high pH water. Um, I'm almost vegan. I'm, I'm trying to go no animal, to be totally plant-based. There's all these different things that you can do that works together. The other day, my, my puppy got a rash on her tummy, so I went to the vet. Well, she's into holistic medicine, and we use these herbs that were like 2,000 years old. Anyway, it's in a, in a, a, a dropper was 25 bucks, but I put it on there and there was relief. So even holistic for my puppy. And so there's not just one thing. At least for me, my walk is right now, I'm, I'm not dying of lymphoma. I don't think the cancer community will always say that I'm in remission, but I'm 58. So I'm hoping that on the road I'm on will, will bring me another 20 or 30 years to enjoy my family and friends. That's really important what you're saying is that your family is on board because they see you day in, day out doing better. If you were on something that was addictive and harming you, which you mentioned before where you were going to have all sorts of trouble, they'd be the first ones to say this isn't working. The weeks are going by. You're 58 years old. You have a lot of life left. And what you've discovered is how to take care of yourself, what the human body requires. We are in an evolution of understanding ourselves. And in the early 70s, people weren't jogging yet. <laughs> right. Even my own mother now is on board. I was able to smoke a concentrate with bait pen when I went to go visit her. She's totally on board. She knows she's seen what it's done to change me and how it's healing me. And so even to have your own mother approval is, is really a blessing. 
That's great. And I'm hoping your story and, and everything you've been sharing with us today, which, by the way, thank you, it will affect other people, other vets, to maybe look introspectively and consider not just cannabis as medicine, but also your lifestyle. You know, diet, of course, plays an important role um, in health, and whether it's exercise, et cetera, being surrounded in a positive environment by loved ones and friends who support your choices to better yourself. I hope that that encourages others to do the same. And to understand the importance of a good night's sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank Ryan Miller and Scotty for coming on to the show and for opening up and telling us how things are going in the now and how the evolution of cannabis as medicine has been so helpful to them and for them speaking out to other veterans, the key is to lift the stigma, be supported by your family. That love is going to be there for you because you are going to be feeling better. And there's a rhythm to the day where you will find yourself waking up and saying, this is me, this is better. And it really doesn't involve a lot of alcohol and pills. There may be a combination of pharmaceuticals and cannabis, but open yourself up uh, to the possibility of, of feeling better. Amen to that. So thank you very much. We so appreciate your sacrifice. Thank you. Thanks for being with us on The Cannabis Corner. Join us on Instagram at The Cannabis Corner Show and Twitter at The Cannabis Pod. I will have both of these written down on our website, thecannabiscorner.net. That is thecannabiscorner.net. If you'd like to advertise with The Cannabis Corner, please write us a note and tell us a little bit about your company. And also, do your best to nurture someone in your community. There are certainly a lot of questions out there, and there are a lot of people who are just getting into this and realizing that the stigma can be lifted. So be there for somebody in your community. We'll see you next time on The Cannabis Corner. Mm -hmm.